Hey there, fellow sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we notice changes to The Little Mermaid, and it's weird that we notice, and it's not a big deal at all, except that it's a huge deal, and the changes are both stunning and brave. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your mythical sea creature today as we appropriate some culture. <laughs> So, the creative minds at Disney are once again dazzling audiences with another round of nostalgia regurgitation with a shot-for-shot live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Only this time, Disney's lone red-headed princess is now black. Wow, what a twist. Finally, Disney has a black princess. Not that one. I mean, it has its first live-action reappropriated black Disney princess. Okay, it's the first reappropriated live-action black Disney princess who is also a mermaid. Historic, if it's 1997. Now look, we're all in agreement that gingers should be eradicated and those repulsive soulless creatures deserve no representation or inclusion on screen. But you gotta be a little more subtle about it, Hollywood. I mean, if you're gonna replace a ginger with Morgan Freeman in Shawshank, maybe go ahead and change his nickname to something other than Red. Famous redhead Mary Jane Watson also got the chromatic makeover, and now, at last, the lone red-headed princess has been erased from cinema. But not all are appreciating the eradication of genders in film, apparently. According to Forbes, Disney's latest live-action remake, The Little Mermaid, has been engulfed in controversy ever since the casting of singer Halle Bailey was announced. Though citation was lacking in the controversy, the Forbes article did manage to cite multiple people rallying to the defense of the new Little Mermaid, like Linda Carter, who tweeted, People are mad that The Little Mermaid is black? The lady who is also a fish, who lives under the sea, whose best friend is a talking crab? Okay, first of all, her best friend was Flounder. She wasn't even really friends with a crab. Have you seen The Little Mermaid? But more importantly, this is the classic game these people like to play. Who cares what color of skin a mermaid is? Well, you care. Your ilk cares. That's why you changed the mermaid's skin color. Because you care. A lot. And the further proof that you care a lot about a lady whose best friend is a talking fish is because you're also celebrating the change. That Forbes article included multiple people tweeting things like, As I stroll on TikTok, I keep seeing parents video their children reacting to the Little Mermaid trailer. So instead of focusing so much on the negative, I thought I'd show a thread of the little black kids who are excited to see their favorite princess look like them. And... What brought me immeasurable joy today was seeing the reactions from kids, and some adults, as they realized the Little Mermaid was black like them. The skin color of a mermaid can't both be totally unimportant and simultaneously stunning and inspirational. You gotta pick one. I opt for the former, as do most people, and the proof of that is that we have example after example of pigment deviation from the source material with zero controversy. Nobody actually cared when Morgan Freeman played Red. Nobody cared when Samuel L. Jackson was cast as Nick Fury. Nobody cared when Will Smith played Agent J. The problem is not skin tone deviations. What people are noticing and objecting to is that increasingly casting seems less about finding the right person for a role and more about checking the woke box. You can say, oh, who cares about a mythical creature who lives under the sea? It's mythical. It's fantasy. Who cares? But we know that's nonsense because we're also not supposed to care or notice when they change the skin tone of real-life people. Not fantasy. History. And why? 
because it's super important that little black girls everywhere can look up on the screen and know that one day they too can be Queen Charlotte. Because, um, no, you can't. As a totally different person in history. And why, why do we need to see ourselves in everything anyway? Eventually, I think we're going to get to a point where we just scan our faces before watching anything, and then our faces are deep faked onto every character in every movie. Because heaven forbid that I go through life without ever being represented as a mermaid. But who cares? Why do you care so much if we change the skin tone of a historic figure? Again, you care. That's why you're doing it. And as we said before, it would be one thing if it were colorblind casting, but it isn't. It's racial casting. And we know that for certain because it only ever goes in one direction. You will never, ever see things like this. Mark Wahlberg won't be playing Muhammad Ali, Anthony Hopkins won't be taking on the role of Nelson Mandela anytime soon, and Christian Bale won't star as Obama. Because it's not colorblind casting, it's racial casting. There's a difference between making a casting choice for the betterment of the movie and making a casting choice for social justice. Even if both will result in altering the source material, we're okay with one and we bristle at the other. The problem of The Little Mermaid is not skin tone deviation. The problem is it reeks of wokeism like a rotten fish, which is influencing not just casting choices, but also the music itself. According to Yahoo, quote, Prolific songwriter and composer Alan Menken has revealed the upcoming Little Mermaid remake will update the lyrics of some songs to recognize consent. Menken, who composed the music for the original film and the remake, recently told Vanity Fair that there have been some minor changes made to some songs expected to return. There are some lyric changes in Kiss the Girl because people have gotten very sensitive about the idea that Prince Eric would, in any way, force himself on Ariel, said Menken. The lyrics in the original version of Kiss the Girl would prove problematic to modern audiences, Minkin argued. In the song, Prince Eric is urged to kiss Ariel to stop her from turning back into a mermaid. Yes, you want her. Look at her, you know you do, sings Sebastian the Crab. Possible she wants you too. There's one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word. Go on and kiss the girl. Deeply problematic to modern audiences. And not because we're sexually prudish. That would be a refreshing change. No, instead, the only restrictions on sexual advances is whether or not the consent form is properly notarized. But even more bizarrely, Poor Unfortunate Souls is getting retooled. Regarding lines that might make young girls somehow feel that they shouldn't speak out of turn, even though Ursula is clearly manipulating Ariel to give up her voice. You can hear the pain in his voice. Ursula is clearly manipulating Ariel to give up her voice. Well, that's not clear to a modern audience, because context is not something modern audiences are conditioned for. You can't say things that might be potentially offensive, even if it's said by the villain. She might be a sea witch, but she still must conform to our modern sensibilities. Now, the reason I bring all of this up is not because I care about The Little Mermaid. I don't. Actually, I do care. Because I despise not just The Little Mermaid, but all of these awful Disney remakes. I don't understand why anybody goes to see them. It is as lazy and as creatively bankrupt as anything has ever been in the history of cinema. I think The Lion King irks me the most. Oh, I'm going to go see the live-action Lion King. It's not live-action. Those are not real lions. It was animation before, and it's animation now, you freaking modern audience. Sorry. Jesus loves modern audiences, too. Jesus died for modern audiences. Actually, the truth is, rather than be disheartened, I think this is a great opportunity for Christian filmmaking. 
What this is, I think, is another example of the decay and implosion of Hollywood. Why are audiences so nostalgic? Why will people flock to the theater to pay good money to see a movie they've already seen? It's because all of the new stuff stinks. And they stink because they're more wedded to an ideology than storytelling. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and wokeism, that takes precedent over everything else. And the net effect of that is lesser villains, lesser lyrics, lesser storytelling. If we want to recapture the culture, it doesn't hurt if our competition is creatively bankrupt and only capable of putting out recycled garbage. All right, that's it for today. As usual, if you like what we're doing here, you can like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. I won't see you next week because I'm going to be out of town, but you can spend the time joining my author's Facebook page or following me on the minor and major socials, and I'll see you later for more Appropriate in the Culture. (laughs) 